Is Christmas too materialistic? If so, why? And what can be done about it? We discuss this and more with special guest Marilette Sanchez on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. And as you know, there's no place like home for the holidays. Because no matter how far away you roam. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, shameless Yuletide fanatic. And with me, as always, is my sensationally celebratory co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and... uh, Wow, I don't really have much but i do you know i'll agree with you i love celebrating christmas i love Mm. celebrating things in life in general and this This season of life is just so it's just you celebrate everything great about the world and god and yeah so i'm a big celebrator that's my fourth um, (laughs) adjective today (laughs) that work you know it's it's not a wrong one you are it is an accurate one yes um and with us and, and today Excuse me. And with us today is a very special guest. She is a social media influencer, marriage and family expert, and content strategist with the Christian nonprofit Crew. She is a blogger who has contributed to sites like Think Christian and started her own website, MarilettSanchez.com, in order to share her unfiltered insights on womanhood, theology, pop culture, and family. She is the magnificent, the magnetic, the magnanimous Marilette Sanchez. Marilette, welcome to the show. Thank you for that intro, Joseph. That was great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I put a, maybe too much work into those, but I enjoy them a lot. Um, it's good to be here. Good to have you. Um, so today we are going to be talking about whether or not Christmas today is too materialistic. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion, where can they go to find out, find more of our content and engage more with other fans of the show? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about the hosts and live events coming up next year. Please keep an eye out. And we have some great blogs on there as well. You can also go to our Facebook page where now we have 1,500 people gathered together in our private group. So uh, amazing. Overthinkers, we'd love to have you. We have memes, articles, and discussions, and we want you to be a part of it. And also, if you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review. It really does help us so much and sharing with a friend. Awesome. Is everybody ready to get started? Let's do ready. it. Cool. All right. So as one of the world's and America's favorite holidays, Christmas has long been the subject of many criticisms and controversies. One of the longest and most enduring criticisms of Christmas is that it's too materialistic. A big part of Christmas is the exchanging of gifts, but many people think that this part of the holiday goes too far. Early Christmas specials like A Charlie Brown Christmas and Miracle on 34th Street targeted modern celebrations of Christmas as being obsessed with the greed for presents rather than celebrating family generosity or faith. Today, images of people trampling and fighting each other to get the best deals of a widescreen TV on Black Friday have made even your average Christmas-obsessed Christian consider that things may have gone too far. According to a Pew Research Center survey, everything that Americans like least about Christmas has to do with shopping or money. A third of Americans say they dislike the commercialism or materialism of the holiday. Roughly one in five cite the high expenses of the season or expectations of buying gifts, and one in 10 mention shopping or crowded stores. Nevertheless, the overwhelming majority of the public, 86%, plan to buy, excuse me, uh, plan to buy gifts this year and will spend an average of $740 
this year alone. So, Marilyn, you wrote an article about how you were going to not give gifts to your kids for Christmas in order to help fight back against the materialism of the holiday. Can you unpack what you see as the problem with how our society celebrates Christmas and what ways you found to redirect the focus of Christmas into a more positive direction for your family? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I started this tradition of not giving gifts to my kids, I have five of them, by the way, um, wow. age nine and under. And um, when I started it, I wasn't trying to create a movement or anything, or even I wasn't necessarily going to share it on my blog. I just was tired of being stressed out um, during the holiday season. So it was just like a change that I was willing to make within my sphere of influence, which is my family. And um, I just was tired of it. And so I asked my our extended family if they could just refrain from giving gifts to our kids it was a tough text to to send to all to everybody, as you can imagine, because they love to spoil my kids. I actually have three sisters and I'm the only one married with kids. And so uh, this was a countercultural move, to say the least. And so it that's how it started was just like my own stress level being like, I, that's not how I wanted to celebrate Christmas. And so two of the things that I wanted to replace the materialism with was just um, showing my kids that I we value experiences over things as a family. Mm. That's one of the things. So we started doing family trips to cabins. Um, we started oh, cool. just doing all the New Yorky things that we get to do because we're New Yorkers. Go to the Rockefeller Center, go to the holiday train show at Grand Central Station. Those kinds of things that I'm like, I'd rather it's yeah, I'd rather celebrate those kinds of things and do those things with my kids. Um, another thing was I really wanted Christmas to be other centered. And so one of the ways we did that was volunteer with a, a, an organization or donate to an organization that helps foster kids um, during the, the holiday season. And my husband is actually a foster kid, former foster kid. And so that was big in our heart. Mm. Um, another thing we do is give out gift cards and in little like gift, uh, yeah, gift cards in a, in a gift bag and a note to just our neighbors and um, anybody we see playing at the park, people from our neighborhood. So it's just a way to be nice. focused on other people. It's like a $5 gift card, not much to like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, but we wanted our kids to experience that during the holiday season. So it was just a matter of um, how am I gonna use the influence that I have to create change. Um, there's this great book called Culture Making. I don't know if you've heard of that book. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Andy Crouch. Yeah. yeah. Andy Crouch. We had that Andy's as a talk- textbook at, uh, at the King's College. Exactly. So, yes. And so it's about, yeah, like if you want to change culture, you need to create culture. So right. that's really how it started, mm-hmm. um, was just starting in my own influ- sphere of influence. And um, then I started to just write a little, like, I feel like it started off as a Facebook post or Instagram post. And then I just decided, like, let me make it into a blog post. Um, it was pretty short, um, but I got some pushback from people just like the. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like whether or not to celebrate Halloween, it was very controversial. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's how it started with me was just let me let me create change within my own family culture. Now, I'm curious. I have a I have a question. And this is for all the moms listening out there uh, who I know when they hear uh, the words we're not giving. Uh, I, I didn't give my kids gifts for for um christmas are going wait what and i'm curious how did how have i'm sure the initial reaction was like what we're not getting presents how have your kids adjusted have you found a lot of pushback have you found there have been negative repercussions or have you found that this is something that your kids actually really embrace 
um, thus far. And how many years have you been doing it, by the way? Yeah, I think when I started, my oldest was four years old and he's now nine. So I guess that would make this a fifth year. Um, so we've been nice. doing it for a while. And I think I started young enough that they weren't even used to getting the presents. Sure. So um, that that's a perk from yeah, just yeah. choosing the timing like early enough. Um, but we do spoil them on their birthdays. That's kind of the trade off is like just you uh, give them tons of toys on their birthdays. We allow extended family to like spoil them on their birthdays. So I think I don't know, because we replace it with fun things that create memories. Sure. I haven't heard complaints. Well, see, and that's what I heard in your uh, in your kind of description, because I, I imagine that you've probably gotten a lot of pushback and how dare use and things like that. I, I yes. you've gotten those. But what's interesting to hear you talk about isn't so much that we just said one day, no presence, and that's it. It's, it's that rather you wanted to reorient the focus to something more long lasting, to something more substantive. It was, um, yeah, toys or things are great, but what can we do to make this actually more meaningful? So it wasn't even exactly. that you were, in a way you were actually putting something more meaningful inside of this holiday. That is ultimately when you think about it, it's about Christ giving of himself. It's about God entering the world. It's about, um, uh, and, and I, I believe you're a woman of faith as well. It's, it's about, uh, we have a, an image of God giving himself to humanity. And so it's reorienting the, what do I get out of this holiday? What kind of things do I, and it's reorienting into a more meaningful way of what can we give? And I love, and it sounds like you're giving to your neighbors, to ministries, to people um, around you. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Uh, growing up in my, in my house, we did receive presents, um, but not like other kids did. Uh, so mm -hmm. my, somewhat of a similar view of, of um, kind of that, that you did. It was, they really had a deep desire to, um, to help us see uh, this season as an opportunity to give and to learn and to reflect. Um, and of course, there's excitement in a little kid about, you know, getting a toy car or whatever it might be. But my parents from an early age wanted to orient our vision to see this season as a reflection of what God did for us as what we can do for others. And, and I remember growing up very often, almost every single year, we'd go to a soup kitchen or we'd be a part of the toy drives where we'd be giving and serving other people. I remember um, we were part of a different ministry almost every year and sometimes the same one if we were in the same place. We moved a lot. Um, but they really went... Uh, uh, it, it was a it was a value of theirs that we'd see that this season is not just about getting something, but, but but about actually giving of ourselves, serving. But on top of that, even with the gifts we did receive, and this might just be something else to consider for our listeners, because um, it sounds like it's a really cool thing what you do. But the gifts we did receive, what my parents decided to do is we weren't going to just give random stuff, right? We, my parents said, we're not just going to give random. Oh, you want a toy? We'll get you a toy. Oh, you wanted this? So any gifts we received or gave to each other had to be meaningful in some way. And typically uh, the gifts we would receive were, were particularly for things um, in our life that were useful. Meaning if I was interested in music, that might be an, an instrument given to me. If I was interested in, you know, those kind of things. So they were productive things. They were educational even. I know that's a, a shuddering word for kids to hear. <laughs> that are humans. They weren't just, you know, um, and of course I was a kid. I wanted a lightsaber. And I'm not saying I never got a lightsaber, but like you said, those were for birthdays. But Christmas was a time to see um, how you could use your gifts for other people and the things that you got. Oh, so you you like music or filmmaking. It might have been a camera, whatever it might have been. But it was a way to see that the gift giving was actually 
somehow um, in a way that we could end up using our gifts. And then on top of that, there was a lot of service oriented. So I think that's a really healthy, from my perspective, a healthy thing to do is to orient your children in whatever way or tradition you decide towards an understanding of Christmas as a way to act in the image of our God who gave of himself to humanity and act in the image of that and give ourselves a season of giving yourself to others. Not in a, 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 a stringent, angry, you must do this. And, you know, uh, you, it's, it's a, it is about celebration, but it's about celebrating what you can offer to others. You know, that's what we see in the in stores, like the gift of the Magi. Um, but, and, and I want to talk more about kind of our thoughts on culture in general and why it's become too, material, too materialistic, if it has, and those kind of things and what that might do to kids and ourselves. But Joseph, what, do you, what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, no gifts. So I'm... What, I'm, I'm going to be the Grinch that pushes back against uh, some, some of this, uh, partly for devil's advocate purposes and partly uh, for my own sort of perspective uh, growing up. I definitely was in the sort of um, parents, uh, you know, the spoiled getting, you know, getting the, getting a lot of, getting a lot of the gifts that my, my parents could afford to, to give. And the, that, the, from, from, from the, exactly. Yes, exactly. That explains a lot. Yes. No, uh, but no, that, <laughs> And, and what I think for, for me, the, you know, I did get, you no know, my parents were, you know, give, gave gifts and were generous in, in that aspect. For, and that was, it was such a beautiful, wonderful experience for me that I feel has really shaped, helped me understand, um, uh, understand and Christianity and the gospel and the season in many cases, because it, for a couple of reasons, one, you know, it, it first helped me to understand why you give because as christians the first thing that is that we know that we're not first givers we first are people who receive god's generous love and that mm -hmm. generous love um we're first receivers of that we first and we the reason we eventually do give to others is because we've first received and we give generously to others because we've generously received and not only that but because not only that but it's it was expressed in a way that's incarnational and I know that this is really kind of sort of silly in some ways, but it's like the gifts are a material and permanent expression of, of somebody, an abstract, you know, the love and generosity. And which is what Christmas is. It's God's becoming incarnate, becoming a physical thing rather than an immaterial idea um, to us for the first time. And so I really experienced Christmas understanding this idea of love uh, this idea of God, he's actually coming and my parents love for me and God's love for me actually becoming materially incarnate in a way that I could touch and experience and feeling that generosity of that was helped me understand that's what God's love like, and that's what I want to do for others. Now that I would say is that my parents, of course, also in conjunction of that says, okay, this is how you feel. Now you get to participate in helping other people feel that way by participating in Operation Christmas Child or Toys for Tots or things like that, where it's like, now this thing that you've received that is the expression of generosity and love and being loved in that way, you get to now enter into it, to participate in, in doing for others. And I feel like, you know, again, the, this is interesting, this idea of replacing material giving with experiences, I think is a very interesting thing. And it actually mm. does speak to demographic changes because millennials are much more interested in experiences than previous generations. And so that could be just a demographics change aspect. But for me, I think about that. And I think about that, that there's something about a physical thing that is owned 
as given as that you can then give away possibly to somebody else, but uh, that it belongs to me, it doesn't just disappear. That is very, felt to me very Christian and helped my understanding of Christianity. I don't think experiences in, you know, as an exclusive thing, it's like, no, we're not doing presents, we are doing experiences. I don't think would have helped me understand Christmas as Christianity understood ends it um, uh, and, and the, as, as the alternative. But that's that story just me. So I have I've, pushed back. But, yes, I'll but push back from you, from Marilette and Nathan, and then we can talk more about the Marilette, cultural yes. aspect of it. Yes. Yeah, I think it's the exclusivity of it, right? right. Like you can't exclude the giving part of it. Right. Um, so you you're just you're adding the receiving end of it. Right. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and I I'm so early on in my parenting career, so to speak, that like things may shift. I don't know. Um, I might. I might change and shift um, our traditions, but it was just something that because our culture is so ingrained in the materialism, like mm. the thing that I'm pushing up against that I don't want my kids to have is entitlement. Sure. And I was already seeing that happen as like a four-year-old, like I, the expectation of this is a gift I want. Therefore I need to get, I'm going to get that gift. The entitlement is what the, the culture that I wanted to change. No, it's just totally yeah, fair. Absolutely. No, see, I, I'm going to push back and 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 agree with you here um push push against you joseph sure um listen i i don't think it's inherently wrong to give a kid a gift I, i'm not sure. saying that but you were talking about the uh there's something about having owning something physical and to be honest as i look back my my parents um did what marilette did which is very often they would they would give us physical things but they were things like i said that were um for a purpose but very often the thing that would spend the most money on and the most time would be an experience like uh we would take trips like you did as well we would go and serve other people we would uh one of the things i still remember is and i still do to this day even when i'm with my family or not is we went to our favorite restaurant and we all had a really wonderful meal um, before we even went home and opened presents that was a thing we went we woke up and we went to a restaurant and one of some of that was patience and teaching kids you know you don't just get to get up and rip open presents <laughs> there's some patience and there's um but it was the thing I look back is I honestly, uh, from you know, uh, 13 below or, or 15 below, whenever I was a kid, 18 below, I couldn't really remember maybe one gift, really, maybe. I think I remember rollerblades. But what I do remember is every single time at that table, having the meal, laughing, giggling, uh, talking about things. I remember the experience. So I would say, you know, most of my things, even the scripture talks about this is don't store for your treasure, store for, store up for yourself treasures on earth where moss rust and thieves break in and steal instead of store up for yourself treasures that, you know, have eternal value. And I would say that memories don't disappear like you suggested. I'd say that memories are actually the thing that lasted and shaped me where the material things that I got ended up breaking, losing, or really forgetting. Um, and so I don't know. I think there's some pushback here. And even and, and I'd be interested, we should talk to um, Lou, our, our resident uh, church historian. It's interesting to even think about the gifts we give sure. because that it really is kind of a modern invention. Sure. It, it used to be you gave an apple or you gave a, you know, maybe a toy. And, a, and, and as Marilette po po pointed out, our culture has become, um, you know, driven by corporations who want lots more money and want you to think you need to buy your kids everything so they get billions and millions of dollars. It has been through the commercials and advertising and even just pressure interpersonally, it has turned into this very materialistic thing where it's buy as much stuff as you can um, 
and I think ultimately the stuff the kids don't care about what they care about is ultimately I'm, I'm not talking about in the moment sure. but ultimately what I look back and remember and love is the memories the traditions um, the things like that so I know there's happy mediums everywhere but I do tend to fall on the side of I think sometimes these ineffable things these memories are the things that actually last in shape rather than a physical thing that's going to get break broken or lost eventually um but yeah but what do you think joseph on the other side of that is what do you think the problem with materialism is or do you think there's a problem somewhere in culture with the getting the the physical you know this sure. getting stuff so so i think again there's an interesting aspect to this i again i sometimes think our you know materialism is sort of an easy bugaboo uh to, to point to um again obviously overindulgence is a problem in any society that has plenty and has access to plenty but one of the things also is again ch societal changes if you talk about societal changes of how how christmas has changed celebrating one of the things about it is that we we're changed from a society where it that is not specialized to a society that's specialized we've changed from an agricultural society where most of what you need and most of your life is you make for yourself you make your own food you make your own things you make and so like in that kind of society where most of what we do is we make food for ourselves and we make whatever stuff we have and whatever food we eat we're making for ourselves to a society that's highly specialized where most of the food we have we buy from other people and most of the um things that we have if we have them we get from other people and in that sure. kind of society the expressions of generosity uh, are going to change and they are going to change to a one where it's you know we're, bu we're we're buying more things than making them for ourselves and you know that's one of the things was uh, rabbi daniel lapham once said this like you know you look at christmas and yes of course people are buying stuff but by the vast majority of what they're buying they're buying for other people and it's it's, it's like it's like yes we are doing material stuff because we're not making them for ourselves anymore i don't know if we're more materialistic today than we used to be it's just that we're making more we used to make more things for our stuff and now we're buying them more for ourselves or for other people now the thing is again we look at sort of demographic changes to millennials and millennials tend to again value experiences more than things partly it's because our lives are so much more transient you know we're moving a lot more we're um we're uh what do you call it we're um uh, changing jobs a lot more and in that kind of environment stuff actually having and owning things um doesn't make as much as many things doesn't make as much sense as it used to Although the problem, sort of, some people uh, cracked at an episode on on ownership, uh, not cracked, excuse me, on wisecrack, on you know, that that talked about this. But one of the problems with that is that we're not actually having less stuff exactly. We're just more using stuff that's owned by other people. Like everybody has a Netflix account, but we don't own any of those um, any any of those movies. It's actually owned by somebody else, and they can take it away anytime they want. And so I think a, there are problems with again overindulgence, saying I'm owed this. I'm entitled to this, like, because I want this, therefore I deserve it, is a big problem. And I think that that is a problem with our society in having so much plenty that we don't have to wait for delay gratification for so long. So we think that we're kind of owed that. I think that is definitely a problem with a sort of a society of plenty. And as we are, as again, like with the economic crafts in 2008, people had actually started spending less money on Christmas because we had less resources with which to, to get those things and spend them or give those things to other people. That certainly has changed things. Um, 
But, uh, and so any kind of overindulgence in that way is a bad thing. And certainly again, when you look at the uh, Black Friday things, you know, things like people just like hurting other people, physically injuring other people in order to get it, that's a problem. Um, but I, I don't, I tend to think like, is it worse than other eras? And is this something that's um, uh, a, a bigger vice in our society than other vices? I, I don't know. Sometimes I think that people are just say materialism and don't actually dig up deeper into bigger sort of problems or why it's an issue of demographics more than um, more than a kind of a sin of corporations convincing us to buy stuff. But that's sort of my-, my I have pushback, but please. I'm interested to hear Marilette's thoughts. Yes. I guess, should we define materialism real quick? Because I oh, feel that's like- Oh, good. Good call. Good why, call. Don't you, why don't you go for defining it first? I mean, I think it's the sin of thinking that things will satisfy me ultimately. Mm. Yes. Like, so you have an obsession with it because mm. you think it'll make you happy. So that's okay, yeah, my I take agree. on it. Totally. Yeah. And, and Marilette, speak a little bit to, because I do think materialism is worse now than in past generations. I agree with you there. <laughs> and yeah, I, was, I had a feeling that we would be, yeah. um, that we would have thought the same thing. Speak a little bit to why you think that might be and maybe what examples you see of that or even what you saw that in your own kids and your own family, but even on a cultural level, how do you see that? And what, what led you to make such a drastic decision of we're not doing presence anymore? That seems like a big decision, but I mm-hmm. know it didn't come out of just a, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. That came out of a conviction or something strong. So tell me what you see the world as being over materialistic kind of is and maybe why that is and, and how it is. I think we're a culture of instant gratification. That's the one, that's the first thing yeah. um, Joseph mentioned that. Um, I think that like you talked about corporations who are greedy and they want to make money off of us. That's another thing, <laughs> people with the, yeah. an agenda. Um, but I think it, it is, Joseph, you also mentioned we're an era of plenty. So we're, mm. we're like bored. <laughs> like when we used to make our own food, we used to make our own clothes. Like you didn't have the time to think about like, okay, I want to get the latest thing. So I don't know why this happened, but I do. It just seems like even when it's not Christmas time, this is an issue. Like I have to have the latest iPhone, even though my phone is working just fine. Like where it's an agenda pushed by corporations. And so um, it's an American thing. I think, I don't think it's in all cultures right now. So it's not even a modern thing. I think it's an American thing. And as we influence other cultures, it, it becomes more normal, but um, yeah, those are just yeah. my thoughts. The, definitely the instant gratification thing, the social media, like where we're living, like you post something, you you want some likes. Like, yes. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's great that you brought up social media because yeah. I, I, Joseph, I'm going to disagree with you and say, because you say you don't think we're any more materialistic. I think maybe we've always had the potential to be materialistic because we're humans and we haven't changed. But I, I would say, I, I would say it's a pretty bold claim to say that we're not more materialistic now than we ever have been. As Marilette pointed out, when you had to make, you know, what, whatever you're wearing, right? And it, you would spend, I don't know, a week, a month. I'm not a, 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 a sewer by any, by any imagined uh, of the word. But sure. when you had to make something, when you had to grow something, there was this process and you put energy and yeah. time and affection and you had to water it and, and, and pull the crops up and, or make it and make the material. And so the reward was... Um, 
was after long hard work you had this thing that you had been a part bringing into existence and um and it was one shirt now we can buy a pack of or, or you know one meal now we can buy a meal immediately that's that's driven to our house and we can buy a pack of shirts. And so as Marilette pointed out, I do think there's boredom. I do think that in the desire for meaning and purpose, we have very often turned towards things. If I get this thing, I'll be happy. And I think it's, I think it's wrong and no offense, Joseph, but I'll push back. I think it's wrong to say that, that advertising wouldn't affect us psychologically, even on a sociological whole, that I think that when you look at the advertising, it's literally designed, you can watch Mad Men all about this, is to make people, uh, is to prey upon their natural discontentment with the world. Now, we all believe Mm -hmm. that there's a contentment found in God and a life with following God. Um, But I do think there's a natural discontentment on this earth. It's a broken place. And I think that advertisers prey upon that and never before have we seen so much advertising in our everyday life? And you can you can measure this. Like oh, sure. even like 20, 30 years ago, the amount of ads that you would come in um, contact with 20, 30 years ago, it pales in comparison. It's like thousands and thousands a week. I mean, there's two ads before every YouTube video. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. There's, you know, so there's advertising everywhere. And the sole purpose of this advertising is to make you feel that you will not be happy until you have said product. So they're selling what mm-hmm. God offers sure. and they're, they're preying on a, in a, on a deeply human emotion, um, which is I need, I want, I want to be fulfilled. Yeah. If I could have something else, I'd be happy. And they're trained to do this. And now they have more power over uh, us than, than in the entirety of history. Now we still have choice. We have to sure. decide how we respond to this, but at the same time, um, our kids are growing up in an era in which every advertising, every TV, every commercial is saying, you will not be happy unless you have this. And I do think that has created a culture of consumerism um, where people are longing and believing even subliminally that if I get this, like you pointed out, Marilette, if I just get this new iPhone, you have an iPhone that works. I have an iPhone that works, but I still find myself going, well, if I had that new one, I'd be happy. If I had that new TV, if I had that new pair of shoes, whatever it is. And I think now more than ever, advertisers are able to prey upon that not to mention now um we also have social media where forget about advertisers and things we have social media where you see a friend you see you can see five thousand friends have a toy or a thing that you don't have but you can see kim kardashian have a thing you don't have and that's a jealousy that we didn't that we always had it there, but never have we been so exposed, it's overexposed. You know, you might read a paper or hear about it through friends, but now you see it 10,000 times a day of someone who has more than you. And so that creates, that preys on our um, inherent desire for more and jealousy and envy. And I do think that has led to an over um, uh, a materialistic age. And it's interesting you bring up, and this last thing I'll say, that millennials are less interested in physical things, more just in experiences. I wonder if part of that is because Millennials, one, don't have as much access because we right. have lower income, you know, we don't have the ability to get homes and things. But also, two, I wonder if there is some blowback from all these years mm-hmm. of materialism and they're saying, you know, that thing never made me happy. Yeah. That phone didn't make me happy. But you know what did? That memory, that that trip, that conversation over a meal. And so, you know, there's all those posts about aren't millennials, you know, dumb for uh, spending their money on meals with friends instead of, you know, a car or whatever. And I'm going, Yes, I, I understand we should say we should be responsible with our money, but I also understand valuing a meal, yeah. valuing yeah. Um, a memory. And, you know, you have the, the, the again, I promise, last thing I'll say, uh, <laughs> I didn't know I had so many thoughts on this, <laughs> but you have the story of, um, 
of, of the the woman pouring um, perfume right. on Jesus's feet. And this perfume was worth a, a year's pay. This was not just cheap perfume. This was like, you know, $10,000 perfume. And she's pouring the whole thing on Jesus's feet. And someone chastises her and says, what are you doing? That's so expensive. And Jesus is, he values the memory and the act of love over the actual physical uh, thing because he thinks that's more important. So you see this even in the in the idea of Jesus. Um, he says, no, no, the important thing here is not the physical thing. It's that she is doing an act of love and that's what ultimately matters. And I think that's what ultimately matters for us is memories, is these things that can't be taken away or rust and realizing that physical things will never ultimately make us happy. Um, yeah, so, so that's all my long thoughts. Tell me how I'm wrong. Well, first, let's, I mean, you want, uh, Marilyn, do you want to add anything to that before I kind of give? Uh, any no, I'm just here time? nodding my head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, then I'll respond and then you can push back on me. Um, I'll say that, well, it's interesting you bring up that, that, that story because actually that story sort of makes sort of my point as well, because you can say, you know, what, what did they say that he should have done instead? He says, well, she should have sold that and then used that money to help the poor, to do something generous for somebody else, instead of, you know, spending this money on a one-time experience or one-time beautiful act of generosity for Jesus. And I think that, yes, you can talk about that in material things versus experiences, but it's still using a material experience, a material thing as an act of generosity, um, rather than something more useful or educational or generous for, for the poor or for somebody else. And I think that you know, that is an expression of, of Christmas. It's like, okay, I'm going to use my, uh, my, you know, use my resources and my hard work in order to be generous in a way that's going to bless somebody. And yes, you can say that uh, that's still material things, even if it's, you know, less permanent. And I think that there is something good about gifts that are permanent and you can use and that you can either give away or keep for yourself in a way that's going to bless you. Um, I think, absolutely, I agree with you. Obviously, you know, advertising works or they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't spend money on it, you know? Um, and I think obviously, um, you know, but I think that that's the issue is the means and material with which to work. Because like, I, when I say that we're not more materialistic than we used to, I'm, I agree with you with saying that we were as materialistic as we were capable of being. The issue mm. is that we're now more capable of being materialistic than we than we ever have been because we have more money, we have more leisure time, we have more resources in that ways, and we have again ability to have corporations who can advertise, and then people will buy money. And so the materialism, the thing is, Christmas. I don't think again, Christmas is tends to be about buying gifts for other people and expressing that love and how, and getting people to participate in the I'm receiving generously. Now I want to give generously if I want to participate in that experience and not just be a passive recipient of it, which is sort of what holidays are all about. And I think that what Christmas does is it actually reorients materialism towards, um, which, which again is not a Christmas thing. It's sort of a modern wealthy country thing and reorients it towards how do you receive that from others and then give that to other people back. And so I think that you know, when, when people talk about, you know, Christmas being so commercial, it's kind of like, well, okay, but the whole, everything is, everything is materialistic, but Christmas actually redeems that materialism in a positive way 
that I don't it can. It can't. Well, yes, it, it, but that's because Christmas that, is very much divorced from um, now from any kind of self uh, sacrifice or Christian. Or it it is it's in not large part secular. It's not as divorced though as I think people oftentimes and many times Christians kind of think it is because again everybody's taking part in the ritual of giving to other people. It's when you know charities see their most uptick throughout the year. Many times charities suddenly get into, you know, are suddenly, okay, now we're suddenly going to maintain ourselves during the year because of the final Christmas push. So I think that, I, I think that sometimes we can be a bit, because we see what it could be and should be. I think we sometimes get, um, we get sort of on Christmas for not um, living up to its full potential instead of seeing actually it is a part of the redemption. So we should lean into its redemption rather than um, poo-pooing the ways that it's falling short. I think that's sort of where, what I would say is that the Christmas already has within it the rituals that make it good. And so we just should lean into those. Again, if you're parents, you say, here, we're generously giving gifts to you. Now let's participate in that by generously giving to others. You know, instead of saying, let's downplay the generosity to that you receive and instead, um, uh, instead replace that with uh, generosity to others. I think it's sort of a kind of, I, I don't think it works that way as well but of course we've all had different experiences and so that's that's a that's a fair thing but i i think that that i i think that that's a that's a problematic way to look at it i would just to to wrap this all up and then i'll give the last word to marilette is say perhaps we should redefine what um what it can look like receiving something sure. and what it can look like giving something because i think yeah. receiving something can be an experience uh, teaching your kids to, I, I, I feel received, I feel I receive something in getting to serve others. I know that sounds sure. funny. Um, and to it be at the very least cognizant that when we are generously give, that's good, but, uh, but also it, it needs to come with a, an intentional message that this is you, you receive something so that you can go be generous too. And I feel like unfortunately, that isn't always the case with um, families. Uh, it's very often it's the kids. What what do I get? And you see this in behavior from kids who are spoiled. You know, it's sure. they have an idea of I deserve and should get without ever being taught the idea of. Um, it sounds like you think comes more naturally than I think it actually does, which is you receive and get. That's good, but it, but the generosity is something that I don't think is necessarily natural and it does need to be taught. And so I think in a materialistic culture where we all expect uh, things, it is important to teach. Um, it's good, it's okay to, to get things, but also how can I let that um, remind me of how blessed I am, give sure. to others. Um, but there's a lot of good things here, but Marilette, I'm gonna let you have the last word <laughs> and wrap us up. This gives your last thoughts on Christmas materialism and what we can do to remind ourselves um, that ultimately giving is the most beautiful thing, the servant of all. Yeah, I think I ended my that article that I wrote to bring it full circle. I ended that article that I wrote basically saying like, it's your choice as a parent, but be aware of what you're mindlessly following. Mm. You know, that's the point mm. of it. Our culture, not just in materialism, but in other ways will dictate how we should live, but that's not the Christian way to live. Um, and so I could read this verse real quick that Please. inspired, really inspired me. Um, it's see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. That's Colossians 2.8. So that was my inspiration. I'm mm. not going to just mindlessly follow the world's traditions when there's a better way. 
That's awesome. I love it. That's can't, beautiful. Can't, can't argue with that. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a great discussion. Like Nathan said, I think this is a fantastic. Uh, and I think what uh, we've learned is that, is that Joseph is a selfish materialist and we are <laughs> servant hearted, loving, giving people. But the, here's the thing. We didn't learn that today. We've always known that. That's <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so, um, all right, so this we're going to jump into our segment, one of our favorite segments on the show. We have two, so it's one of our favorites, <laughs> uh, blesses and curses. And which, of course, we always we take something in culture, whether it's a piece of arts, a resource, or, or, or media that we want to uh, bless or uh, that recommend, or one that we want to uh, want, want to curse and say that you should stay away from this. This is not helpful or beneficial. You should not be taken captive by this, this, this ritual, this philosophy. Um, so uh, we always give the option uh, to our guests to go first or whenever they want, um, or to participate any part they want to or not want to. So uh, Marilette, would you like to go first? So you've listened to some episodes, so you know how this goes, or uh, we'd want uh, one of us to go first. Um, I, I'd rather you model it if that's okay. Okay, cool. Works cool. for me. Works <laughs> I'll go first then. Um, so I'm going to do a quick bless for one other thing I've already blessed this year, but um, the original uh, um, Miracle on 34th Street, just because nice. it's it's a great satire of the materialism. Um, but one of the things of, of Christmas, by having you know, like person who claims to be Santa Claus come in and say, what is going on here? Everybody's just being so greedy. And what they do, which is fascinating in there, I won't spoil it, but is what they, they do in there is that they they don't talk about getting rid of, you know, giving gifts or uh, buying mm -hmm. gifts or something like that. They talk about redirecting that into a place of generosity, which I think is a really uh, a, a smart and constructive way to, to talk about the issue. And again, it's, it's, it talks about all the great things about Christmas from the perspective of adults who still love Christmas. So I think that it's, it's really good in that, that way for this discussion. I'll also do a, an easy, fun one, uh, which is the, the um, Grinch that stole Christmas. Um, because it's all about, you know, it's like, okay, there's, do you take the material stuff out of Christmas? Is it still Christmas? Obviously, yes. You know, it's like, that's, that is, a, you know, you, that you can't, if you celebrate Christmas without the stuff that's underneath, it's actually about celebrating these values and ultimately for Christians Christ, you, you know, it's, it's a bad, you know, it's, it becomes something bad. If it can be taken away by a Grinch, it's not really worth celebrating. So I think that that's, so obviously uh, my per first and favorite one is the Ron Howard one with Jim Carrey. I actually think that that's a one that allows the, the, the who's and whoville to, to experience their own crisis of faith in this regard. So I like that version of it, but any version of it is good. I think um, for my curse, I'm going, uh, well, actually I'll bless uh, just, you know, some of the things I grew up as a child with, um, Operation Christmas Child or Toys for Tots, any things like that that are saying like, hey, kids, do you want to be involved in actually blessing someone the way you have been blessed? Yeah, and yeah. Because like, again, yeah, if parents are doing just the receiving and not the generosity part, then it becomes toxic. And so like, you know, making sure that this is a part of your ritual, I think for parents, it's so like any, and again, it doesn't have to be those, those are just the ones that as a kid I did, you know, but um, if, you know, and finding those for your kids, I'll bless those, any organization that does that, um, a bless. Okay, so curse, I'm going to curse um, a really controversial thing to curse because everybody loves the Christmas special um, deck the halls. Um, Interesting. <laughs> by, okay. By, by, by that, I mean, everybody hates that movie, um, but it's, it's a movie that's a standard Matthew Broderick and, and, um, uh, and, and uh, Dan DeVito. And it's basically, the thing is, it is actually, if you're looking for a Christmas movie that actually celebrates 
raw selfish materialism it is literally about a guy who is obnoxious and selfish and makes everybody else's lives miserable because his goal for christmas is to have the christmas lights that will will come around his house so that his house can be seen from space and that is how he's going to be feel fulfilled and that's and that is the way that christmas is going to matter to him he's going to feel fulfilled and feel like he matters and it's like and it doesn't do that in a satire way it is completely dead dog serious. Wow. <laughs> and okay. so it's like, and that's why it's good. It's on everybody's, like all the official, like top worst Christmas films of all time. It's on there. But again, if you want to have an example of like, this is, but the sad thing is, it's a, that is, this is how some people actually do celebrate Christmas or think about Christmas, even if they don't say it. And a Hollywood film with big stars put it together. So that's definitely a one I'm going to curse. And if it give an example of actually how toxic materialism can work with Christmas, that is an example of that. So, so that will that will be my blesses and curses of of the week. Um, nice. Do you have a, Do you have yours, uh, Nathan? I do. Okay. So, one, I'm going to take this time to plug since it is Christmas time. Ah, yes. My very unmaterialistic, sweethearted, <laughs> heart of Christmas movie, Miracle on Highway 34. I made it, acted in it. You can hear Joseph's voice cameo in it. It has some amazing actors. It's about a bunch of little people who end up in a diner on Christmas Eve during a snowstorm. And um, it's, uh, it's just, I, I love this movie. I made it, so I might be a little biased. Um, but if you want a, a good movie to watch with your family, and it's really anti-materialistic, it's about relationships and, um, and really the true meaning of Christmas, then I would love it if you would watch uh, my movie, Miracle on Highway 34. You can watch it on Pure Flix or Amazon Prime or Voodoo or Google Play or wherever you watch movies, Tubi. Um, so please check it out. I would, it, I, would, I would love for you to see it. And uh, I hope, I really hope you enjoy it. But my actual uh, bless, aside oh, oh, from my- Before you go to that, I'll say, I'm slightly less, only slightly less biased because I was in the movie, but I didn't make as much <laughs> as, as much as, as, but it really is. Again, it's a, it is a really good movie that's very sweet and heartwarming and does get up a true meaning of Christmas. So I do, you've probably gone through all of the other Christmas movies a dozen times. And even all the Hallmark, if you're tired of the Hallmark movies that came out with 500 every year, this is the one you should watch. Like oh, why, thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. go on. Well, uh, to bless something that is not my own movie, <laughs> I'm going to, um, I'm going to bless, obviously, the classic, um, <laughs> it, it's so cliche, but The Christmas Carol. This mm, is about a man yeah. who sees the world as nothing but materialism. Yeah. It's about Scrooge who wants, who sees only money and getting and receiving. And even if he sees it as fairly, well, these people owe me, the entire movie is about him learning and changing we all know the story so i don't think i'm giving away spoilers it's been out for a couple hundred years now so but learning um that the true quote-unquote meaning of christmas is giving of oneself and uh loving others unconditionally and that's done in the image of what god did for us it's a beautiful story that i really think gets back to the heart um of what christmas is and uh the best iteration aside from the book so please go read the book dickens is a genius but um, is definitely Muppet Christmas Carol, the best one out there. I know there's some great ones, but Muppet Christmas Carol is the best. You are and correct. your kids will love it while you are deeply touched um, as adults as well. Um, I'm also going to bless, this is a funny one. Um, it's a book called, and it's a book I haven't read. I've just kind of generally read a little bit here or there and kind of get it. I'm gently blessing this just in case there's something problematic about it, but I don't think there is. <laughs> um, I, you know, I got to look for the criticism. But it's a book called Spark Joy by Marie Kondo who started this ah, entire yeah. yep, yep, yep. movement a while ago, which is basically 
anti-materialistic, but it wasn't just get rid of everything just because the philosophy behind it was don't have or have anything that isn't one either useful or two sparks joy that there's something about this material thing that actually sparks joy in your life or is useful to your life but outside of that uh she you know she she goes over how stressful um even just the how much stuff we have i live in a little apartment i get stressed out by the amount of things i have around me and i want to go on a purge every now and again oh yeah you have and they're all things that at the moment i thought would make me happy and ultimately i'm just stressed out because i have so many things around me they can even be good things i'm not even talking about bad things they can be books or or a technology or whatever it is but the amount of things ends up making me unhappy because it's just so much it's too much and so she Mm -hmm. talks about clearing out our lives will also clear out our mind and our hearts um, and detaching from physical things um, will actually make us more psychologically sound. So check it out. It's really interesting. Even if you watch that YouTube video on it or something or a documentary, it's called spark joy and it's all about minimalism and un or anti unmaterialism, unmaterialism, which is good. I'm going to curse a little bit broad here, but not too broad because we've all seen them. I'm going to curse every Christmas car ad. (laughs) Because especially like Lexus and Mercedes and stuff, you know, you can see them right now. It's like a, it's a huge mansion and there's like a car out front with a bow on top of it. A luxury car, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for this car. And the man takes his wife out and says, look what I got you for Christmas or, or vice versa. And I'm going, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. This is, and and she's like, now I love you. It's like, you just bought her a car. You bought her love. That is not the the spirit of giving. Um, It's just, and I'm going Lexus and Mercedes and whoever else is just using Christmas time and the emotions we're all feeling to sell luxury cars. And it's just the hype of materialism that somehow the Christmas spirit could be found in buying your loved one a Mercedes or should be found there. The luxury cars, (laughs) it's not like, it's not something you... You, that's a decision, like a big decision you make. Getting a car, it's not like here. Yeah, that's true. Something. It's like you don't. I'm gonna pop this out here for Christmas. It's like no, no, this is that's a big commitment. Yeah, 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 for, no. yeah forget the the moral. It's just not even practical. Yeah, exactly. Talk to your spouse yeah. if you're gonna buy a Mercedes. Exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm cursing all of the Christmas car ads. Yes. The Eminem one can stay. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Okay, Marilette, what's what's your what's your a lot of pressure here? Um, (laughs) You mentioned mine, Joseph, at the beginning, a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Ah, so good. Watch around this time of year, and you actually get the Bible story in there, which doesn't always happen. Feel good Christmas movies, and so that would be a blessing. And then another blessing was also not Christmas themed, but it's called Impossible People by Oz Guinness. Have you heard of Oz Guinness? It's very philosophical, but it's about what I talked about in terms of let's not blindly follow the yeah. how the culture is doing mm. things and the philosophies and materialism was in there. Consumerism was in there. Yeah. And so that was a very interesting read, um, which probably sparked, you know, before everything yeah. probably inspired me. Um, a curse. There's this movie by Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh saving nice Christmas. Marilette is going is going for the edge. We played it safe. We played it safe. Marilette, she's going straight for the jungle. We're gonna Let's have to it. have Kirk on here to defend himself. <laughs> that would be good. Or I'll not. be back. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, tell us, explain. But um, so it's basically justifying everything that um we've done as a culture and said 
it, it's kind of what Joseph, <laughs> this is not meant to be a diss, <laughs> but Joseph's argument about um, making material things like um, this is an expression of giving. Sure. But the way it was just not well played out in that movie, sure. he, he basically just... Um, he rubber stamped the our word, culture but... rather than to than to exactly yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. and yeah he just said uh, a simple like jesus became material therefore we should celebrate material things like it was very convoluted uh, it was, yeah he made a lot of big leaps yeah you know, joseph yeah. gave a, a way better explanation of the material like just kirk giving. cameron just hire me to write your material for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> he can justify anything you need just exactly yes i yeah. think our friend friend of the show kevin mccreary on his um youtube channel say goodnight kevin actually did a movie review where he kind of riff tracks it and talks all the way through it and points out different things. It's very funny about this movie. So check it out. Remind me the, the title of the, of the movie you're cursing. Saving Christmas. Saving Christmas. That's right. Yeah. We yes. will save Christmas by saving materialism. Exactly. <laughs> did, did you like how I spoke against materialism and then asked everybody to go buy my movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We exactly. are all sinners. We're all hypocrites. And that's why we need God's generosity exactly. in order yeah. to shape us into more positive ways yes but you should actually buy his movie because that will yes. spark joy that will, yes, spark, that will joy. spark joy exactly thankfully yes. it's free on youtube so we're good we didn't have exactly. to spend anything <laughs> exactly all right well anyway thank you so much marilette for for joining us and uh, if people want to see more of the work you do and be blessed and have joy sparked by by engaging in your your material where where can they find you where can they go yeah, I'm on Instagram at Marilette Sanchez doc, uh, Mar at Marilette Sanchez. And then I also have another family account, which follows our homeschooling journey and parenting journey. So nice. that's big city, nice. big family. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Nice. And then I have my website, which you mentioned, MarilletteSanchez.com. And I do contribute a lot to thinkchristian.net. Awesome. Where can people read your blog post or article about the materialism of Christmas and deciding to give up? Forgo gifts. That's at marilettesanchez.com. You could probably just search Perfect. Christmas and it'll be there. Perfect. Awesome. And uh, where should people find you, Nathan? They can find me at nathanclarkson.me or on any of the socials. Just type my name, Nathan Clarkson. Fantastic. You can find me on any of the socials as well. Joseph Holmes. Find Joseph Holmes. And uh, yeah, you can also find me at josephholmesstudios.com. And, and of course, if you want to reach out to any of us or disagree with any or all of us on the subject of materialism and Christmas, you can find uh, us at the overthinkersjournal.com. And we'd love to have you as part of our overthinkers community at uh, Facebook at Search the Overthinkers. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining. Thank you, Marilette, for joining. Thank you, Nathan, for joining. And thank you all for listening to us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.